0: I'm R.J. Bell with the sports betting headlines for Thursday. Thursday night football in the NFL, and I don't think I've ever seen a team on offense as banged up as the Browns, but they're still favored. How is that? Is there a best bet here? We'll talk about it. Also in the NFL, the Miami Dolphins, there's talk about Deshaun Watson being traded, but the Dolphins since last week, have been downgraded about as much as any team in a single week I've ever seen. What is going on? Speaking of what's going on in baseball, the Dodgers face elimination tonight. They have only a 17% chance to advance, to win out, and advance to the next round. Only a 17% chance for the Dodgers. Here comes a full hour of The Vegas Truth covering all that and more.
1: You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell.
0: You heard it, I'm R.J. live in Las Vegas, live on a Thursday, Thursday night football tonight, live on 225 FSR stations across this great, great nation. I tell you, this uh, Browns, I've never seen, this is one of those like, wow, what's going on, what can we learn from it? Sports bettors listen for the money. Sports fans listen to no more than their buddies. Now, you might say fans, they're a dime a dozen. But how many fans can beat the man? Not many, but he can, A.J. Hoffman.
2: Thanks, R.J. Great to be here on a day where the Dodgers face elimination tonight. The Red Sox face it tomorrow tomorrow. The Dolphins and Texans continue in their reported trade talks. And the depleted, heavily depleted Browns face the Broncos tonight. What is the Vegas lead?
0: Let's start there with Thursday Night Football. But specifically, and one of my favorite times to do this show is when something befuddles me, confuses me. Almost like I'm hypnotized. I go, what's going on? I don't know how in the heck the Browns are favored. So what I like to do when that's the case is do almost like, I don't know. Did you ever watch Quincy? No. All right. So Quincy was a show that was in syndication when I was a kid. So had already played, but he was a medical examiner, right? And what Quincy would do is show up on the scene and figure out, hey, there was a murder here. No one else sees it, but because of his eyeball has a little bit of blood in it. It's a sign he was strangled like that kind of thing though it was pretty famous once that Kramer on Seinfeld, he was dating a girl from uptown or da- I'm sorry, from downtown. So, you know, they're in midtown, New York. So a girl like in the village and he was watching Quincy he goes, can you believe she's watching Quincy and I'm watching Quincy? It's at the same time. You know, she's like three miles away, but for him it was, you know, <laughs> but anyway, Quincy used to be a guy that figured out from the clues, what was going on. I want to be like Quincy today. And figure out how in the heck are the Browns favored.
2: Well, the Denver Broncos, three and three Denver Broncos, plus one and a half at the three and three Cleveland Browns tonight on Thursday night
0: football. Yeah, so if the underdog in the other team is plus one and a half, that means the Browns are favored by one and a half. How is that? Now, why am I so questioning that? Well, my first question is well, Baker Mayfield's out. Now, how much is Baker Mayfield worth? And we talked about that at length yesterday, and we came to the conclusion, yeah, you know, maybe four points or so.
2: Uh, Fezzik's rankings are right here, and he's got the drop off from Baker to Case Keenum is three points.
0: Okay, and again, the whole point of having ratings from a professional like Fezzik or anyone is to say, okay, I've got my opinion. How's that opinion compared to the market? And you could make the case that it's impossible to ever know exactly what percentage of a move is because of the main story. So let's say that a game goes from, six to one and a half or so. Uh, You could say, okay, well, the math says that's four and a half. That must be Baker Mayfield's effect. But now you're like, but in that interim time, there was this left tackle that was out or wide receiver that was out or whatever. So it's hard to know for sure. I I think three is, is, is too few. I would say four feels right, but let's call it between three and four. Okay, that's just... Baker Mayfield. So if everything else was normal, whatever the line would have been, the line would be three to four points worse for the Browns because they lack their starting quarterback. So just to get a feel of what the line would have been, McKenzie, the opening, uh, let's say what the look-ahead number is. Now the look-ahead is a week before. So right now we're entering week seven. The look-ahead for week eight Is available. So, really, what's nice about the look ahead is it tells us that if there's not any changes, this is what we expect. In fact, you can bet the line. This is a bettable line. Now, what changes between the weeks? Well, it's the games that happen that weekend. So, if a team looks really good, a team looks really bad, the look ahead might be like, uh adjust by two points or something and then you're like okay the market now thinks because we saw a good looking team you know and you could just say think about the best performances you've seen of the year uh the bills when they beat kansas city like the look ahead line would have moved in favor of the bills because hey they look so good so as of last week what was the line in this game uh, <laughs> do you have that look ahead in front of you There, uh, AJ? The Browns were favored by six
2: for the look-ahead.
0: Okay. So the Browns favored by six. That's what I recalled. And now the line is one and a half. So at that point, we're saying, hey, a four and a half point move. Now the question becomes, what else has happened? What else has happened since then? And it's like, okay, well, there's a tackle who is out for the Browns for sure. And one tackle that's a game-time decision. Is that uh, the current status as you see it? That's the
2: current status I've seen.
0: All right. Now, how much do we want the tackles to be worth?
2: I, I mean, I think certainly when there's two banged up, it's it. Th- there's something about being compacted because not I having a, there's a uh, compounding
0: so a, effect. Yes. And the reason being on the offensive line, when you have one weakness what you can typically do is compensate for it. I right? put the tight end over there, put a running back over there to chip. Whatever it is, it's like they get help, right? But if you both tackles are out in theory, and we're not sure about both, but in theory, now how do you compensate? You got you know, it's like if you're plugging up a leak and you've got two hands, well maybe you can plug two holes, but I don't th- that third hole is going to be a problem. Okay, so one uh, and what the name of those tackles, AJ, you got that in front of
2: you? Jack Conklin, Jedrick Wills.
0: And which one is, is supposed to maybe
2: play? Uh, the, the one that's maybe supposed to play is, is Jedrick Wills. Jack Conklin, DNP in practice all week. Okay. So, let's call it... He's let's still just... listed as questionable, but DNP all week makes me think that he's, he's not playing tonight.
0: Well, he's listed as questionable, though. Okay, wow. Because usually questionable means... Uh, like over 50% to play. So, so both tackles are questionable. Yes. All right. So now that's a big question mark. Now here's what you, you know for sure is when they announce the ineligibles for a game is if you're on that list, you can't play. Right. If you're not on that list, chances are you're playing because there's nothing that they're going to find out about a play, you know you always think game time decision but it's not really they go on the field test the ankle and decide if they can play they can test it just as easily 2 hours before the game the fact that they have to know to a team has to know to define or name their ineligibles they only got so many on the roster that can play and they're not going to have someone that's not going to play on that list taking away the spot from someone else so S- S- the, the
2: the most updated release, and the, again, this is from the Cleveland Browns, so it, they, they may have reason to lie about this, especially given how many injuries they have. The only players that they list for sure out that aren't already on the IR, a la Kareem Hunt, are Baker Mayfield, A.J. Green, Nick Chubb, they list them as out. Everybody, everyone Green else is questionable. A.J. Green got traded
0: from the from Arizona.
2: A.J. Green, the uh, the cornerback.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> Another. <laughs> that's that's fun. Okay, now, <laughs> now here's the question: Is at a certain point, and, and if I'm if I recall, this is usually about forty five minutes before kickoff, but they have the ineligibles released. Yes. So. Uh, one thing I would say right now is I don't think you can bet this game until you hear the ineligible's. Because if both tackles are out, for example, then it's no way in heck could the Browns be favored. And if both tackles are playing, ooh, now things are getting interesting. So let's agree that we're going to talk here from the whole questionable, probable, doubtful model, but we're going to know pretty much for sure about 45 minutes before the game. Okay, now, wide receiver. Landry's been out for weeks and weeks and weeks, but he's due back. Now, should we assume, A.J., that Landry's
2: 100%? I think yes. I don't think they could have back. So, they he, so
0: to- in a week, he's going to go from unable to play – to 100%.
2: Well, he was on IR. I don't know that he'll be 100%, but I think he'll be on on par with everyone else on the field because nobody's 100% six weeks into the season.
0: Okay. But remember, when they put people on IR, it's because they only put them on IR as long as they think they're going to be injured for. And usually they always get them off a week or two early. In case, and this year, there's a lot of... Um, uh, flexibility when it comes to IR right there's, there's right. like I think three different designations
2: and Jarvis Landry was eligible to come off the IR last week they kept him on it and then so he doesn't came off that this make week.
0: my case if he's eligible to come off the IR and doesn't come off it it means he wasn't even viable to even consider playing. Well, maybe, maybe so. If, I mean, I, I know there's all my questions could be one way or the other. I'm asking you as an expert what you think is if someone could be taken off the IR and they're not taken off the IR, that means they don't think hey, there's no chance this guy's going to play, so we might as well keep someone else would on the roster.
2: Or they feel like they're that's not a position that they need someone at immediately, and they so their best t-
0: receiver they don't need. Oh, maybe then I guess you're right. Yeah, I mean, thinking it through, it's like Landry certainly at this point is the most productive receiver on the team. I mean, OBJ isn't. No. So it strikes me when you've got your best receiver, or even if it's one of your two best, if you want to make the case, uh, you know, I don't think it really changes the argument. Is if you have one of your two best receivers, and it's there's a chance he can play you take him off the IR, and then when it comes time to decide eligible or ineligible right before the game, hey, if he's not ready to go, he's on the ineligible, but you know that doesn't cost you all that much. It's like someone from the taxi squad, which they don't call it that anymore, uh, would have to be removed once he comes off the IR. But if there's any chance of your best receiver playing, you think you're going to roll the dice and at least see if he's going to be able to go. So my premise would be, with Landry just coming off the IR this week, that he's going to play most likely, but he probably won't be 100%. Now, does any of that ring untrue? Uh, Let's see if McKenzie's up and working. Does any of that ring untrue to you, McKenzie? No, none of it. Okay. It all rings true. All right. We're getting a lot of help today. I'm R.J. (laughs) Bowe. We're straight out of Vegas. Okay. So now... OBJ
2: OBJ did not participate in practice all week. He's still listed as questionable, but I've heard that his shoulder injury is more serious than the Browns have let on, and he may end up on IR.
0: Okay. So he's listed as questionable, but you're hearing... And, again, when you're saying you're hearing, you're not getting secret calls from the trainers. It's No, just guys that...
2: Guys, I know who are connected to the NFL.
0: Oh, wow. So this is even deeper than like public. Okay, good. All right. So. Because typically, when someone says I, I'm hearing, that's code for I read this one beat writer on Twitter. I no. don't remember his name, and which again I respect. You know that's good information. But you're saying, hey, someone involved in the media side in the league that is hearing things, and and I love that kind of information because that's something typically the market doesn't have. That's AJ Hoffman. We're straight out of Vegas. Now, now here,
2: here's what what Twitter you said the beat writers from Twitter they say Jarvis Landry activated, will play. Odell Beckham will try to see if he can play. Jedrick Wills, the left tackle, ankle, expected to play. Right tackle, Conklin, is not expected
0: to play with a knee. Alright, so our guess right now is one tackle in, one tackle out. Both running backs, out. Who's Certainly
2: con- out. One on IR and one is out.
0: Okay, so now you're, you're third string back, your second string quarterback, who's a good second string quarterback. All right, but still a second-string quarterback. One tackle out, one tackle likely to play though. How is he 100%? We don't know. We don't think. Wide receiver Landry likely to play. Is he 100%? I don't think so. All right, OBJ may be less likely to play than people think. So, and then finally the center for the Browns. What are we seeing there?
2: He has not practiced all week. Listed as questionable. Okay. So, Trudder.
0: think about this. Now just think about the team for a second. you got wide receiver on one side wide receiver on the other. let's say you're going two back old school you got two running backs behind you all right you got your quarterback in the center and two tackles. The only players left are the two guards which are the two least valuable position uh, positions on the offensive line. That's why when a guy like Leatherwood starts to struggle at tackle, they move him to guard. It's easier, right? It's harder to play left tackle. So you got your two guards that are fine. That's, that, everything looks good there, and the tight end's fine. And otherwise, everyone else is either out, or this is the first game back from injury, or they could play, but it's so uncertain that they're going to play that we don't even know like it's like they're, they're not a game time decision. I've never seen a team that the two guards in the tight end are the only players that are either not out or game time decision or first game back from an extended absence. Have you ever seen that, AJ? Uh,
2: not that I can recall, certainly not. And yeah. by the way, the tight end David and Joku, he was limited at practice to, uh, on Monday and Tuesday, so <laughs> even he is is not 100%. <laughs>
0: Let's take our first break. What we've done is laid the groundwork for how injured this Browns team is. The next question is, well, what the heck is the line? How can they be favored? And is this a best bet the other way? We'll talk about that. He's R.J.
2: Bell. I'm A.J. Hoffman. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio.
1: Straight out of Vegas!
2: Be sure to catch live editions of
1: Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern 3 p.m. Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app I disagree with I disagree with protocol If you speak out against the
2: words,
0: I- I'm RJ Bell, we are straight out of Vegas.
2: And I'm A.J. Hoffman. In just a minute, we're going to continue to dig into this Browns-Broncos game where the line, inexplicably, despite all the injuries, still has the Browns as favorites
0: against the Broncos. Yeah, is this going to be a best bet? One of those, like, oh my gosh, if you think about it, how could it be anything but a best bet? I'll say maybe, maybe this is the fastest growing show on Fox Sports Radio. Audiences doubled in the last year plus. That's because of you, your support. We really appreciate it, and we'll work extra hard, extra, extra hard to try to give you the best show possible. You can listen to us on the iHeartRadio app. Just search straight out of Vegas on that app. You can find us here in Vegas on the Strip, 80 degrees. The neon is percolating.
2: So, RJ, let's take a look at the other side of this. Uh, on the Broncos side, why could there possibly be pushback? Why would this Broncos team not be favored, given what we know about the Cleveland Browns injury situation?
0: Yeah, so to recap the injuries, obviously Baker out. Their center, questionable. One of their tackles, questionable. One of their tackles, likely out, wide receiver Landry back for the first time. So recovering from injury. And that's an important point to remember. Injuries are not a binary. So what's a binary? A zero or a one in computer language. So someone either shows up to work or they don't show up to work. That's a binary. Now, is that all there is? Do some people show up to work and maybe not deliver fully? Yeah, but are they there? Yeah. But some of that, maybe that's a choice. Maybe that's uh, some type of personality defect. Who knows what it is? Or what it could be is someone's not feeling well. They ate something weird last night, whatever it is. So in general, in the NFL, if a guy plays, you could say, oh, yeah, the tackle played that game. Well, how well did he play? How, what potential was he to uh, 100 how, percent how close to that potential was he able to reach i can think it's uh aaron donald last year in the their last playoff game i think it was against green bay if i remember it, everyone's like oh he's hurt but he's just fine and it's like he played and he did not look like the dominating d tackle that he typically is kyler you ever, murray uh, say it again
2: Kyler Murray when he was unable to run last year.
0: Great example, because there's an example with quarterbacks especially, and Kyler may be in that situation now where they get banged up, they're running quarterbacks, and it's not that they can't run necessarily, it's they're unwilling to run because they know they're hurt, and if they get hit again, maybe the injury gets worse, maybe they don't want to feel the pain, whatever it is, And, and I think it's something to look at with Arizona generally this week, it's not just a zero or a one, either don't play or play when it comes to NFL or any sport really. Players, okay. So I look at a Landry Jones and I'm thinking, uh, or <laughs> that's a bad flashback there. But it's a situation, <laughs> it's a situation where you can say, hey, he's back. Is he 100 percent? We just don't know, okay. And then obj now he played last week aj says hey i know someone in the league and and characterize how that was conveyed to you about obj's prospects for tonight
2: it's highly unlikely obj will play the injury is more serious than the browns are letting on and he would not be surprised if
0: obj ended up on the ir wow so to ir which minimum is three weeks right you're right Okay, so pretty good inside information there from AJ. And, again, that's not a sure thing. It's not coming from a doctor, coming from someone connected to the league, but still very, very insightful. I've never seen – and obviously both running backs out. So, as we said, there's only – I guess two players now that either weren't on the injury report this week that are – and it's the two guards. Every other player on offense for the Browns is either coming back for the first time or is out or is questionable. And, I mean, wow. Wow. I've never seen it like that. But and, some, and
2: often – Often, when you've got a team like the Browns, who are a power running team, you think, "Oh, well, you can just plug a running back in, like the old Shanahan Broncos. Like it didn't really matter who was the running back; they were going to get theirs." This, the Johnson, in, in the combine, he ran a four eight six forty. This is not a a slight drop off from <laughs> Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. This is a massive drop off from those two guys. What round did he go in? Uh, I believe he's an undrafted free agent.
0: Wow. So. In a weird way, if I said, imagine the worst team, does anyone think that there's any team in the league that their second team is better than the worst team's first team? So let's say right now, uh, we can say Houston, right? We can debate who's the worst team, but let's say Houston is. Is If Houston had a healthy first team on offense, how much better are they than the second team of the best team? And and you could make the case the Browns are the deepest team in the league. Well, as far
2: as talent goes, I, I think you can make that case.
0: So you think that the, the Browns' second team is comparable in talent to the Houston Texans' first team if everyone's healthy?
2: Only because this Texans team is historically void of talent right now. and, and, but like, are and they well, historically you know what If you talk talent? about Tyrod Taylor, like a healthy Tyrod Taylor, no, I, I would I would take the Texans.
0: Okay, well, yeah, that's what I'm saying, is if, if I, the Texans I, I were 100% that, healthy.
2: Yeah, I'd forgotten that he'd been out of the mix for a while. I was just thinking with Davis Mills. So, yes, Tyrod Taylor, it, it, the Texans would be significantly better. Although, I don't know if Tyrod Taylor is way better than Case Keenum at this point. He, he did yeah. have two excellent games to start the season with 80-plus QBR. Was leading the league before he went out. W- with a pretty bad roster around him.
0: Yeah, but, but I mean, uh, uh, name the wide receivers on the Texans. Yeah,
2: Brandon
0: Cooks. <laughs> well, that's what Brandon I'm saying. Cooks Brandon, is- Brandon Cooks is in another universe compared to the third string receiver for the Browns. Right. So the point that I'm making here is that I don't understand how any team, because like you're saying, oh, you know, it's like the old Denver Broncos that you could. Uh, plug someone in at running back, they'd be fine. Cause, But why? Because the offensive line was so right. good. Because Elway was so good. It's like now you look at it and say, well, what could be the compensating factor? If there is none if it's a whole second string. And I know it's not a whole second string. I know we got two guards. I know there's a chance, or Landry's supposed to play, but he hasn't played for a month, so who knows how good he's going to be. A- a- and it strikes me, how much better is a Landry to a, um, uh, if Landry is at 80%, and I'm not saying I know he is, but let's say he is. If Landry's at 80%, how much better is he than a bad first stringer on another team? Meaning, let's say, an, you know, uh, almost replacement level. I don't think there's much difference. That's the thing we forget. Oftentimes in the NFL, when there's not cluster injuries, that means that all that's happening is there's one player that's not a starter that's starting at one position. We make a big deal about it. If it's a big name being replaced, but oftentimes that's next player is like, you know, he's almost as good in the NFL. There's usually hairs between first and second string. And if especially if you have like a linebacker that could fill in in two different positions now, or like a swing tackle that can play both tackles could play guard. You have one lineman out. It's no big deal. But when your first string ends up being all the second string and now your backups are the guys that were on the couch two weeks ago, it's like, Lordy B, how bad? How could any team be better than or, or worse than them? How could that backup team? And we see it in the playoffs sometimes, right? Is when Houston played Green Bay, and we had fun with this game, but effectively, what was it? It was Houston's first team playing against Green Bay's second team. Is that a fair assessment? Yes. And, you and, said and, playoffs. And,
1: you meant preseason, right? Yeah.
0: Oh, I said playoffs. I meant, Yeah, Houston hasn't played in the playoffs for a while. But no, I guess, and certainly not against Green Bay. So in the preseason, we had fun with that game because you were against the Texans. And again, I yep. was right in that case. But again, it's uh, uh, it was not why I'm bringing it up. I'm bringing it up because <laughs> it, it, that's just coincidental. But I'm bringing it up because it was an example of a first string because Houston played their first stringers pretty late against the second string because Green Bay hardly played any starters. And you know what? Houston dominated them. Now, I don't think that's going to be every time, but in general, I don't think there's any second team. I mean, think about the NBA. What second team could possibly play against a first team? I don't think there's any, right? Probably not. And isn't that effectively what the Browns are putting on the field right now? Pretty much an entire second string team, except they've got some first stringers that are banged up. So how much better are they than the second string? Probably not much.
2: Yeah, I I mean, you're making a lot of good points here. I I think maybe, and I want to ask you if this is more disadvantageous to have basically your entire second string out there, or face what the Broncos did last year where... They had basically all their weapons except for a quarterback.
0: Yeah. And and, uh, in this case, you know, we got obviously Teddy Bridgewater, who is banged up is my understanding. Yes. Um how, how would you characterize his
2: injury? He, he practiced yesterday. I, I think he's going to play.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think he's strong to play. And it goes to show you how the whole Drew Locke situation, where it was so competitive in theory in preseason with Teddy, and then it ended up being announced that it was Teddy. And a lot of people was like, oh, my, that's surprising because the theory is Teddy's shown his upside and Locke hasn't even though Locke's upside seems to be very distant and and obscure, in theory it's there. (laughs) The fact that Teddy's banged up and they're still playing uh, Teddy if they can, I think speaks to the distance that's been created there. Would you agree with that, AJ? I 100% agree with that. So I I think that any time you go from – and we see the Steelers had this situation about four or five years ago in which they had both running backs hurt coming into a playoff game and they had to actually get a guy off the street that didn't really know the playbook, and uh, it was a a veteran. I can't remember who it was, but um, they ended up having real problems in that game. So to me, whatever drop there is between first and second string, and I think it's typically fairly modest, but still it's hard for that second string to win, but I'm saying if it's just one second stringer, it doesn't affect the team all that much, but the drop from Second string to not a professional at this position is so big, it's almost hard to believe. And you know you hear these stories all the time about like where uh, like Serena Williams played against like the 155th best player in the world and as a man, a man a man that was and it was like a whole different thing it was like he dominated and I think John McEnroe told that story so I'm just going by his story but but the fact is in golf you know there's the guy who's the the best guy at the club and then there's the 180th best pro comes in you know man versus man in this case and it's so not even close it's like a guy who doesn't play quarterback in the NFL no matter if he's an NFL physical talent at another position I think the drop is so extreme. I'm not even sure how you quantify it. And what we saw in that game was I think they moved the line about 10 points from the backup. It was last year now with COVID from the the backup to a non-quarterback. And that was not enough. Right. So I think in a weird way that speaks to, hey, Cleveland's at least got professionals on the field at their position. But Denver, I mean, what is their injury situation? I mean, all in all, we know they've lost some receivers earlier in the year, but all in all, the team's not particularly banged up, right?
2: No. It's not outside of Teddy Bridgewater, who we mentioned, that the team is relatively healthy.
0: So, ultimately, the question is, how can you have pretty much a second-string offense against a first-string team? A first-string team that started 3-0 and – and have the second string offense be favored.
1: Is that a bet? Maybe. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas, weekdays
2: at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Fox Sports Radio, I'm AJ Hoffman. He's the voice of Vegas, RJ Bell.
0: Okay, now this Baker issue with needing surgery, that's a whole other issue, one that we'll get to probably early next week. Uh, We don't want to waste time as the games are coming up. Well, not waste time, but emphasize that. But really, just pose the question to yourself. Is Would Baker be better? I mean, it's very reasonable by the accounts that I read that he could have the surgery now and not play the rest of the year. And no one would say, oh, he's a wimp or, oh, he did something egregiously wrong for the team. So now the question is this. Do you look better or worse if you have that surgery? Because, in theory, his ability to play at 100% of his potential is hindered. So if you can't play well, are people going to say, yeah, but he played with a hurt shoulder? I mean, it was AJ just yesterday saying, but it's his non-throwing shoulder. Who cares? And I hear you, meaning I don't fully understand how much that's going to – but what I know is – that when I have a a, a little twinged-up knee and I hit, sh- try to shoot a jumper and I miss it, it's the knee's fall. And I mean, I don't know to what degree this would actually hurt his ability to play, but Mackenzie did some really interesting numbers. And, uh, and let's do this. Let's take our last break. We're up against it. And this is what we're going to do in the final segment. One, we're going to give you a pick on this game. One way or the other, there's going to be a pick on this game. Number two, we're going to show you how much difference... It was before and after Baker hurt in his shoulder, and it was a drastic difference. And finally, we'll talk about what are the odds of the Dodgers. We don't want anyone at the Fox headquarters to get upset, but what are the <laughs> odds of the Dodgers losing and not advancing to the next round?
2: That's coming up next. He's R.J. Bell. I'm A.J. Hoffman. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio.
1: Straight out of Vegas!
2: Bell, we are straight out of vegas and i'm aj hoffman let's take a final look at this broncos browns game is there a way to attack it uh the browns tons of injuries one and a half point favorites still rj
0: okay now you've got a prop best bat coming i up. do and how uh you started off really hot how's your record on the thursday prop bet it
2: is four and two
0: on the season Ooh, okay 66 percent um okay the And I'll be just a minute. I'm going to give a best bet right now, and it is going to be on the spread, real simple, Denver Broncos plus one and a half. For the life of me, I don't understand, and I guess I do understand it. Injuries, there's two ways that the public gets injuries wrong. Way number one is if they're not big names. If someone says, yeah, I'm going to the a restaurant, oh, don't go today, chef so-and-so's out. Well, if that chef is Wolfgang Puck, people are going to be like, no, geez, I can't go to that place without Wolfgang here because <laughs> people know him. But if someone says, you know, Pedro is out, it's like, who's Pedro? I don't know Pedro. How's that going to affect me? But in this case, Pedro is much, much better a cook than whoever else is going to replace him. So these are people that a lot of them. Hey, what's the left tackle's name for the Browns? What's the other left tackle's name? What's the center's name? Not many betters know that, quite frankly. And I think sometimes the betters that try to learn that get confused by it. Meaning, when you, uh, to me, I think you should either watch tape or not watch tape. But if you watch it, you should watch every play of every game, or you're going to get a biased view of it. And if you're not going to watch it, then you got to figure out another way to gain the information you need to gain. But doing it comprehensively is very important. So AJ, for example, one of the things he's been doing a lot of, and I think it's one of his strong suits, is when it comes to injuries, he'll dig into that fifth, sixth, seventh most valuable player on offense and say he's out. I'm thinking, really, what does that mean? And he's saying it means a lot. And wouldn't you say, AJ, as a guy who does tend to look at the injuries as a big part of your handicapping, that the Browns are as depleted on offense as any team you've seen this year? One hundred percent. And the Browns are still favored and yep. the Broncos are not a bad team. Let's call the Bronco- you, Oh God,
2: Would you agree that if the Broncos lose this game, that like it, it's almost like their season's over? They're three well, you and three. Say but- the
0: same thing about, I don't know about seasons over, but th- this is a high uh, motivation spot for both teams because one team is going to be three and four after this game. But
2: you can't lose to a team that's got this much going wrong for it and consider yourself a real contender.
0: But on the other hand, you can look at the Browns and say, okay, so what you're saying is there's two different effects of losing. Effect number one is, hey, mathematically, I'm now three and four. I'm this many games back. I've only got this many games to play. That, I think, affects both teams the same here. Sure. Denver, because they're playing a team that is so banged up, you're saying psychologically it'd be bad. But on the other hand, you could make the case the Browns, if they lose, they lose as a favorite to go three and four. So the fact the market still thinks the Browns are the favorite tells me who should be more ashamed if they lose.
2: <laughs> it's, it's a wild game. It really is a wild matchup. But
0: in a weird way, the way you ask that question is why my best bet's Denver. It seems like it's impossible that Cleveland's supposed to win. Not that they could win, but the idea that they're 52% or whatever to win this game based on the odds make no sense to me. And, and I think there's two reasons people mess up with injuries. If it's an unknown person— or if it's multiple injuries at the same position. Because what people don't understand is that the third-string tackle isn't so bad, but the fifth-string tackle is really bad. And as the injuries power up, it's hard to compensate And because everyone's hurt almost. So best bet, full best bet, Denver Broncos plus the points. AJ, what is your prop best bet? It's going to be Ted Bridgewater over 20
2: and a half completions. It's a windy, cold night. There's not going to be big shots down the field. The Browns extremely difficult to run the football against. They're grade 7th in run D and tackling per PFF. So the Broncos are going to have to beat them with short passes. They're averaging over 25 completions a game. Obviously, the weather, I think, is a factor, but it's not enough to make me think they won't get the 21 tonight. So Teddy Bridgewater over 20 and a half completions tonight.
0: So that's completions, not attempts, over we got a little business. Yes, we do. We
2: got to tell you about AutoZone. Dealing with a dead battery, head to AutoZone, America's number one battery destination. They offer free battery services like free battery testing and free battery charging. So, next time you're having battery trouble, head to AutoZone, your battery solution and America's number one battery
0: destination. Okay, so the Dodgers face elimination tonight. And what are their chances of being eliminated tonight? Right around 50 50. What's their chances of being eliminated before they advance? 17%. So in a way, I'm rooting for them because they've had two or or three, I guess, losing your out games, and this is going to be a fourth and fifth. And if somehow they're able to win here, it'll be like a team of destiny. And I know typically we don't think like that when it comes to a favorite, but right now the Dodgers are not the favorite. Stay tuned. If you missed any of
2: today's show, including a full breakdown of that Cleveland Browns injury situation and how it affects the spread tonight, check out the podcast at FoxSportsRadio.com. We are straight out of Vegas. We'll be back tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 o'clock Vegas time, right here on Fox Sports Radio.
1: Straight out of Vegas!